folks, do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones everyone told you not to like. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies by Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERSKYTALKERS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey everyone, I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this episode where we have some exciting news. Um, Charlotte and I got to take part in a roundtable with Vanessa Marshall, a roundtable interview, and uh, we literally just finished it like two hours ago something like that. <laughs> and uh, we had to jump on to the mics and the mics, the mics, the mics, the mics and tell you guys about it because it was really fun. It was really great. Lucasfilm reached out to us and we obviously said yes because we could not say no to an opportunity like this to speak to Vanessa Marshall again, especially about something that she probably had under wraps for a year and a half. <laughs> and uh, we were really excited and we got to ask two questions. And so basically the way that this is going to work is the audio is interesting. We can't use the voices of the other podcasters and journalists who are there as well. So Caitlin and I are going to re-record those questions. It's going to be kind of weird, but you're, then you're going to be able to hear Vanessa's answer to all those questions, including ours. And you'll hear our voice for those, but it'll probably <laughs> sound a little different. But it's kind of a little bit of like a Frankenstein podcast, but yeah. she is just the best ever. So she's just filled with such passion and knowledge. And it's like, it's so cliche to say, but like wisdom too. And every time she talks, it's like, I always feel like I'm on the verge of tearing up because the things that she says are always so deep and meaningful. And, you know, Vanessa Marshall is, she talked about this and I'm not spoiling it by saying, but she's talked about this before too, but she's an only child and she talks about how Star Wars really saved her life. And I fully relate to that. I'm also an only child and Star Wars really also did save my life. So anytime Vanessa Marshall is in my midst. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm misty eyed. It's just, I don't know. She's just the best. Yeah. She had some really great things to say. And, um, some of the other, we're, we're going to read the, uh, like Charlotte said, we're going to read the questions that the other, um, outlets asked. And we'll of course include the names and the outlets, like it was other podcasts and stuff like that too. So you'll know who asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird workaround thing. 
that we yeah. have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were very specific. They were they told us, you know, you can't use you can only use Vanessa's voice basically is what they told us. So, but you'll know who asked the question. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it was really great and the thing like Cheryl already said, Vanessa is just she you can just tell there's something it's hard to describe like the energy that she has. It's just really great and genuine and authentic. And I feel like, you know, when people are being genuine with you and authentic and Vanessa is always that. And um, it so it was like a Zoom roundtable. And so they kind of called on us one-on-one and it was virtual, obviously over Zoom. And they called on us one-on-one to like ask Vanessa questions. And it was so great because she, I assume she's in a room in her house that is just like full of Star Wars and specifically Hera merchandise. Like she had these huge bookshelves behind her um, just full of all of her Star Wars merchandise and Funkos and action figures and books and stuff. And I meant to text you this, Charlotte. Did you notice that she had the uh, Build-A-Bear Lothcat? No, I didn't notice that, but I really need to get that. Yeah, I it was it was in the corner. For a long time. Yeah. Maybe this is the the push the 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 two weeks it's been out yeah exactly <laughs> for, for it's been for on my ages, mind okay for ages i debated getting the the build-a-bear loft cat <laughs> but she did have the build-a-bear loft cat and it was very cute in her in her setup but yeah she was great and it was great to see some other familiar faces i'm sure you'll recognize some of them and yeah it was a really great time and she of course had great answers to all questions and uh of course our too. It was just a delight to talk to her about Hera and specifically Hera's appearance here in Bad Batch this last week. Yeah, yeah. And now that episode has been out for almost a week and just really cemented in my brain as one of my favorite episodes at the Bad Batch, maybe one of my favorite episodes in all of Star Wars animation, and it just feels really special. So again, this felt like a really special thing to tack on to that. And honestly, I'm really thrilled that we can share it all with all of you. Same. So are we ready to dive into the interview? Yes. Without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. All right. This first question was from Dan from Coffee with Kenobi, and he asked, I'm so excited for this. Your voice work is always outstanding, taking it to another level, portraying Hera as much younger than you portrayed in Star Wars Rebels. If you can, please talk about your process bringing Hera to life in The Bad Batch. Uh, well, thank you for asking. I, I got the email um, asking if I would be interested in doing the job. I said, yes, we set a date. I got the script. Uh, I loved it. I had no idea who Omega was, but I looked forward to having an imaginary conversation with her <laughs> um, because this was recorded in the pandemic. And uh, so I was by myself in my recording booth. And uh, I will say parenthetically that, that as a huge Bad Batch fan who's fallen in love with Omega to finally understand exactly who I was talking to, totally fangirl flail. Um, okay, the, then we consider her, her age and sort of the, the pitch of her voice and of course the accent because this is her hometown and uh, she gets back to her hometown accent with charm as we see later in Rebels, but um, yeah, so it was it was interesting to discover exactly how young, exactly how much of the accent, and uh, I rehearsed it many different ways, um, and then brought all of that to the recording session and trusted that wherever they directed me, I would follow, and we found her together. And it, when combined with the animation, I was blown away, and I could not believe I was talking to Omega. 
Just couldn't believe it. <laughs> David from Endor Express asked, so great to see you. I love your collection back there. Oh, yeah. I wish you all were here. We could completely, like, I'd get us order some food and we could, like, hang out and play with all of this. There are gifts from many of you back here, but anyway. So my question is that we've started to see a lot of animated characters show up in live action. I know you're not allowed to answer it, but can we hope to see Harris and Dula in live action with you as the actor? Oh, gosh. Only, only Dave Filoni knows the answer to that question. So, I mean, I, I have no idea. <laughs> It, I would I would love to see her anywhere in a book, in a comic book or, or you know, actually any Star Wars content at all thrills me. Um, but I am very curious personally as a fan, what happens with Jason? Does he have Jedi abilities? You know, does he suddenly grow Leku as a teenager? I mean, I don't understand. I don't know. I have so many questions. And, you know, is he kind of, uh, you know, how uh, Kanan is a bit of a, uh, you know, what did what that kid turn out to be like? And um, I want to know where Ahsoka went and Sabine and where's Ezra. I, 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 these are all questions that I pray get answered in some form, uh, comic book, novel, uh, you know, Disney Plus show. I don't, I don't care where it is, but I will be so satisfied as a fan to know uh, how that all turned out. I mean, it did have resolution, obviously, at the end of Rebels, but my mind wanders sometimes and, and I pray that someday we all get to experience that. But do I know anything about it? Not a thing, <laughs> but we'll, we'll all pray together. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not alone in that thing. Yeah. Well, it's not like Dave has any spare time. <laughs> to, he's got a lot going on. So I don't know, maybe when things calm down in, in the distant future, who knows, but I, we have hope. <laughs> James from Jedi News Network. So my question is, you've been playing this character for a long time now. When did you first learn Harris' backstory? Was this the first time? Well, yes. Uh, Dave did tell us much of this um, in our first session for Rebels. Um, a lot of this was mapped out a long time ago, but I really didn't know what it would look or sound like. So uh, to really consider inhabiting that time period, uh, given all the differences, as I just said, you know, her age, her, the pitch of her voice, um, the accent, all of that. Um, it, it was one thing to hear about it. And it was another thing to live, uh, within that narrative. And, um, it was really, uh, an amazing experience. So I'm so grateful that, that we got to do that. Yeah. Mark from Fanthatrax asks, when Rebels was on the air, you occasionally had guest stars drop by, and now you're the guest star. How does that feel? Amazing. Are you kidding? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I would show up as a, as a yeah, I don't know, a, a, this anything. I mean, <laughs> I was so thrilled, uh, truly, uh, any capacity. I mean, when I got to play Rook Cast in The Clone Wars, I was sobbing, um, and I, I really felt that I needed nothing else in life. <laughs> <laughs> so thrilled to play a Mandalorian. Um, but uh, yeah, there are no small parts, only small actors. Um, I'm, I'm constantly playing with my action figures. So whether I'm, <laughs> you know, playing in, in my Star Wars room or actually working uh, for any of the Lucasfilm cartoons, it makes no difference. It's, it's all an honor. And um, I was really grateful to be asked and so thrilled that it all worked out. James from Star Wars News Net asked, if you don't mind, I'm going to pitch you a scenario and you give me one answer to it. 
Harrison Zula gets bumped to live action, but only one Disney Plus series. Which one would you want her to be on and why? Oh, boy. I can't even answer that question. I mean, uh, I would defer to Dave Filoni. I wouldn't even deign <laughs> to know the answer to that question. I honestly, I trust him so much that I, wherever he would want to see Hera is where Hera should be. Yeah. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Mandalorian fan. I love seeing Ahsoka, you know, Bo-Katan, like if Hera just rolled up, that would be outstanding. But again, I, I so trust Lucasfilm's judgment that every time I imagine what could be when it's executed, it's far better than anything I could ever come up with. So um, wishful thinking she's ends up in any of them. That works for me. <laughs> Sandra from Fangirls Going Rogue asks, Here's my question. You played other characters. You voiced so many different characters throughout your career. But what makes Harrison Dula different from other roles that you've played? Uh, man, I think she is made out of the very best parts of me. And she inspires me to be more consistently the best version of myself. And um, she really is just so close to my heart. Uh, I am organized in the same way. Um, I've said before, my father is a pilot and aviation means a lot to me. Um, I love doing aerobatics with my dad and his open cockpit biplane. Um, I have an affinity for strong female iconic characters and the fact that she is one. Um, I think as an Italian who likes to feed people and make sure that people are happy, I, I, have, I don't have children but I do uh, have an instinct to, to nurture and make sure that people know how much they matter. And um, so I, I really feel like she is very, very close to my heart and soul. Um, I've said before that I practice martial arts and um, I feel like I've had a physical transformation since learning how I'm not a violent person, but I will protect my friends and family. And I'm grateful that I have the capacity and the know-how. And so, uh, when Hera is in those different situations, I feel that I have a physical awareness of exactly what that would, would necessitate. And so my own spiritual journey on the planet of self-empowerment has luckily complemented where um, Hera organically lives. And um, I tend to be a little bit more silly. Uh, I'm good friends with uh, Teresa. She can attest to the fact that I'm kind of goofy uh, Hera is not. <laughs> so, um, so there, there are elements of my personality that, are, that do not exist. I'm sure Hera doesn't eat as many Brussels sprouts as I do. I, I <laughs> right, Teresa, <laughs> I, I really do have a thing for Brussels sprouts, but, um, I don't know. You never know what she has a thing for, but anyway, um, I love that she created her own family as an only child. I feel like I've done that. Uh, Teresa is part of my family. Aaron, there, Mark, there are many people. Dan, I, I love you guys. And uh, I'm grateful that the Star Wars universe has brought us together. And whether you like it or not, we are together until <laughs> this doesn't exist anymore. So um, anyway, I, I have that same capacity uh, to build a family of choice. And I'm grateful that it's synonymous with my love for Star Wars. So... Hi, Vanessa. This is Caitlin from Sky Talkers Podcast. How are you? Hey, I'm well. How are you? 
Good. Thank you. We actually got to talk to you last year, but it was like April, May, like very early pandemic, which was kind of a crazy uh, time, but really nice to talk to you again. Yes. Um, our question was the mother daughter relationship is not one we see as much in star Wars. What kind of approach did you take to Hera's relationship with her mother? That's an interesting question. Well, first of all, you have to remember that I am recording this in a pandemic in a box by myself. Um, so that would have, I would have answered your question very differently if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, because I probably, uh, would have sat down with the director and, uh, you know, that was usually the case where we would all sort of huddle before recording and sort some of these things out and then dive in and discover things together. But this experience was quite different. Um, I had no knowledge of, um, how my mother was going to sound. I, I didn't know I was fascinated to hear the way she even says my name, Hera, Hera, that, that ra sound. Chan doesn't say my name that way. My dad doesn't say that, Hera, it's lighter, but she was intense. And, and I loved hearing how much she sounded like an older Hera and she nailed it. And um, the fact that it all came together and I had no clue <laughs> about any of that, I mean, uh, the director read the lines with me so that I would have someone to act off of. But, you know, luckily it all came together. Um, and it also allows me as a, as a fan of Bad Batch to be able to continue to watch the series and be, you know, sort of surprised and delighted by all of it. Um, and uh, so, you know, what is the mother-daughter relation like? It, it was one thing in my imagination and it was quite another to see exactly what it was um, when it was all put together. And uh, both both experiences were fantastic. And and you know, like I said, I'm just grateful in the pandemic that we were able to create Star Wars content, no matter what. Nothing will stop us. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Right? Well, it was great. Nope. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Aaron from Star Wars Bookworms asked. I had two questions that I was planning to ask, and they were both already asked. I'll just go for a little more fun. What was it like to work with Chopper again? First of all, I should say, you know, all throughout Rebels, I would have to, you know, I would imagine, I would have to interact. No one would sit there and go, burr, 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 burr. you know, there were sort of the parentheticals of what it is he was saying, and I would pause and then pretend that I could hear that and whatever else. But um, what was fun in this particular episode, when we see them at the very beginning, they already have this very close relationship. I don't know if you remember in the animated short for Rebels, um, Dave said that R2-D2 was like a little dog and Chopper is a cat. And you know how cats are. <laughs> it, they just are, right? And, and Chopper just, it, Chopper, you know, they just have that relationship that takes many different ways to sort of talk them off the tree, if you will. And uh, that one line where um, the Imperials come and find her and she just says, Chopper, you know, to sort of call him over, we recorded that many different ways. Um, and so it was, it was interesting to see which version that they use. And I think it was the perfect one because it, <laughs> it was sort of calling to him without, calling to him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, it made me so happy. I, I, I totally cried <laughs> like complete nerd. I was sobbing. Um, I was just so happy to see them, uh, again, I missed them and, uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Dan asks, 
Vanessa, one of the best things about Devil's Deal was the reintroduction of Hera. But talk about the beautiful metaphor of flying in this episode and what we can learn about Hera through it. Yes. Well, uh, as I've said, my dad is a pilot and I've flown with him before. And, um, you know, it's interesting. My dad, he worked at NBC for many years as a news reporter. And uh, when he retired, he said, you know, I was in the Air Force, but I only worked for the radio station there. I never got to fly a plane. And I dared him to learn how to fly. I did not expect him to not only learn how to fly, but learn how to fly an open cockpit biplane um, and do hammerhead maneuvers over Kern County. I mean, my dad is out of control. <laughs> and, uh, but um, having said all that, equally, there is a spiritual element to it that he always taught me that it's important to get perspective uh, on the earth below and that there's nothing like flight to help you uh, really see things as they are. And um, so when she says that specs are only half of it, that flying is about the feeling um, and that ultimately it helps her feel free for a teenage girl to understand that to me spoke volumes of exactly why she had the capacity to become a really great pilot. Um, and uh, when I did Wings of the Master, I dedicated that episode to my father and uh, it meant so much to me. And in turn, it meant a lot to him because he knew that, that all of those words, uh, once again, they nailed it. Um, that is uh, the value of flight for many pilots is, is that sort of feeling of freedom. And um, I'm grateful that they echoed exactly what she said in Wings of the Master, that she used to look up to the sky and feel free. Um, when we you know, got to see that, uh, here in Bad Batch, it was just, it was just beautiful. And I, I love that she was having a conversation with another female character. For me, um, these girls imagining their lives in, in ways that perhaps, you know, they don't often uh, consider in terms of, uh, you know, Harris, you know, you need to be a good girl and stay on the ground or whatever it is, you know, that they have the capacity to realize their dreams. I think it's really important to see that and that they support each other in that. And, and uh, there, there were no haters. There was no hater energy. You know? like, they're like, oh, you get to live on a flight. You get to live on a ship. Oh, I've always wanted to do that, you know, or whatever it is. And uh, that they could dream together. I, I think that that's really, um, really powerful. And, and I'm grateful that they modeled that for other young girls or for humans in general. David asked, so I wanted to get into the process of getting into the younger voice of Hera and what notes you may have been given. You seem over the episode to go in and out of the accent. I was wondering if you could talk about that process, what you were thinking about, and the journey of getting to what we hear on the finished episode. Yes, absolutely. Well, we wanted it to um, be understood. So too much of the accent uh, might make it uh, too foreign to uh, the listener. We, we really, I mean, I speak French, so you know, I'm, I'm able to dial it in or dial it back. Um, I have played teenage girls in the past and, uh, you know, I tend to try and base characters on people I know. I think I based Hera on myself, but uh, <laughs> um, as far as applying the, the accent on top of it and also the youth, uh, I reflected on my playing Mary Jane in The Spectacular Spider-Man, which took place in high school and was curious about taking some of Mary Jane's uh, sound and lending that to Hera's moxie and um, the way she's organized. And then of course, putting the accent on top of that. 
Um, as I said, I prepared my script with a thick accent, a thin accent, a medium accent, very, very young, very sort of, uh, you know, sort of a scraggly teenage. I mean, because she could have had more texture in her voice. Like we could have gone any which way. And I was prepared. Usually when I go to any audition or any job, I bring three options. And I, because I want, I want them to think of things they hadn't thought of before. And I come prepared. And with her, I had different dialed up or dialed down versions of, of those things. And so we were able to discover it together. But uh, again, I wasn't able to hear what my mother sounded like. And I did know that her accent was so thick. And I didn't realize that I land somewhere between Chom's accent and my mom's accent, um, which I thought was actually kind of cool especially when she's rebelling against it and chooses to lose it in, later in life. James asked, how does it feel to be such a strong, inspirational character in the Star Wars galaxy? It's an absolute honor, uh, truly an honor. Um, I, I, I have no words. I mean, uh, having been an only child, um, the Star Wars story, uh, it saved my life. <laughs> You know, I think Star Wars fans understand how much the narrative can mean. It's it's so rich. The, we've talked about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and, you know, how all of these uh, dynamics come together for each and every one of us to go from our family of origin to the family of man, you know, to use that phrase and that how we do find our chosen families. And I think, you know, Hera comes to collect some very special souls and, um you know, the, they're, they're all great Star Wars characters. I mean, uh, Kanan's story of being sort of a partially formed Jedi, you know, that, that sadly, you know, we saw what happened to his Jedi master, that, that each, each character that, that came together on the ghost had um, a, a very emotional past, Sabine with the Empire, and, you know, um, even Zeb had, as we learned, Zeb had his difficulties where he came from. But anyway, uh, the fact that she had the foresight to bring those very unique souls together. Um, it, it's just, it's something that, that I like to do in my own life, as I've said. And um, I'm grateful that I was able to uh, lift up any and all parts of, of the story and especially to that end. Um, I feel in a weird way, uh, the way the Rebel show impacted me, as I've said, there are many people on the Zoom right now I care very deeply about. And, um, you know, life imitated art in that I was given an entire family. And as Hera left all the world of Ryloth behind and, and found her family when her Kalakori is taken away, it, it doesn't matter because she has her family in that ship. Uh, much the same way all throughout my life, Star Wars has done that for me and never more so than with receiving the role of Hera. So um, I've said before, it feels like I came home and I found my real friends. So it's an honor. Teresa asked, we all know you're a huge Star Wars fan. So as a Star Wars fan, how are you enjoying the Star Wars content on Disney Plus? I'm so, I'm so grateful. Every Friday is my favorite. Friday is my favorite day. Whenever Mandalorian, when it's like the season finale, I freak out. It's almost like the Super Bowl. When the Super Bowl happens, I'm like, well, what are we going to do for the rest of the year? That horrible day after the Super Bowl. Um, I'm just so grateful that there is so much content coming and the new hotel at Disney world that's happening. Yeah. I, I, I am so excited for all that is happening right now. Um, the fact that it just keeps getting better and better. 
I don't know, the Mandalorian was just mind blowing. I mean, when we got to see Ahsoka Tano, I, I lost it. And um, the Bad Batch having Cad Bane come back, me personally, huge fan. If, if only we could get Asajj Ventress back somehow, I don't know. How about Plo Koon? Let's start a petition for Plo Koon right now. Not gonna happen, but <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, I am loving uh, the Bad Batch and I really cannot even believe that young Hera was a part of it. It's just so incredible. It was, it was like, I, I was completely sobbing. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I really can't wait for all that, that is ahead for us and celebrations coming. You guys just saying it'll be here before we know it. We'll all be together again. All right. Hi, Vanessa. I'm Charlotte. I'm from sky talkers. And I wanted to ask you about last week's episode. Last week's episode emphasized how complicated people's responses were towards the end of the Clone Wars, with members of Hera's family all taking different approaches about how to serve Ryloth best. What do you think Hera learns from her parents and her uncle? Wow. Well, that is that is an incredible question. Um, I think, obviously, she has incredible disdain for Orin Frita. I mean, that's obvious. Um, I, and with that in mind, I think uh, we see that she allies herself with her uncle. Um, and I think we see that continue uh, as we've said, the argument that they have later in life, that they talk about what it means to fight a rebellion. And, um, you know, it was so touching when he said, I hope you never have to live a life like mine. Um, it's just a very nuanced understanding of rebellion that her father has and that Hera has. And I think we see definitely that she's more aligned with Gobi and it gets her in trouble, <laughs> um, but she can't help it. And I think it's impossible for her to be anything other than who she is. And um, she's organized around doing the right thing. Not that Charm isn't, um, but I do think, um, you know, when Charm says that the clones have come in and they've helped us. And this is, you know, going to his speech is magnificent. Um, I think he wants to believe that. And, uh, you know, and, and that's a respectable opinion. But I, I obviously see that Hera wants to be a little bit more hands on about creating change. And, and uh, I love that about her. And I love that we saw seeds of that and that they grow and she becomes the incredible influence of the Rebel Alliance that, that we all have come to adore and celebrate. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love that about her too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right. So that was the virtual roundtable interview with Vanessa Marshall. Uh, I hope you guys liked it. it. Like we said at the top of the show, it was really great to talk to her and uh, just have the opportunity to pick her brain a little bit about Hera and uh, her appearance in Bad Batch and getting to hear everyone else's questions was a lot of fun too. And it was just a really, you know, can't complain, a good way to spend my Tuesday evening. Yes, completely. And now <laughs> I get to spend the rest of my Tuesday evening 
editing this and getting it up <laughs> for all of you. And it is so worth it. And waiting for Loki, too. So <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited about this. So life is pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and before we really wrap up the show and I get into where to find us on all of our social media channels and stuff, we did want to let you guys know that we have actually launched some new merchandise over on our website, skytalkers.com. Um, we have some t-shirts, some tank tops, some really cool mugs that I need to get my hands on myself, um, and a tote bag. I don't know if you guys yes. know this, but Charlotte and I have a deep love of Star Wars tote bags. <laughs> Deep, deep love. Deep, deep, deep love. Deep, <laughs> deep love. It all started Star Wars Celebration. What was that? 2017 when yeah. we spur of the moment got perhaps a too expensive tote bag mm-hmm. from the Star Wars Celebration <laughs> store. But it is low-key the best tote bag I've ever owned. <laughs> and it's so good. It's Anyway, when we started Sky Talkers, we were like, tote bags, tote bags. Yeah, we need our own tote bags. <laughs> and honestly, tote bags. I brought our tote bag to the grocery store yesterday and I felt so cool. I was so excited about it. <laughs> it was great. It fit all my groceries. It was perfect. <laughs> it does. Um, all of this merchandise does have our new logo on it. Uh, so the, our, if you guys don't know, if you're new listeners, we refreshed our logo last fall. And so all of this new merchandise uh, has our refreshed and updated logo on it. So if you're interested in that, you can head on over to skytalkers.com and our, it's all integrated right into the website, easy to find. And if you have any questions, please just let us know. But we're really excited about it. So uh, if you guys do order anything uh, and you want to post pictures and tag us, let us know what you got. We would absolutely love that. And you can tag us on Twitter. That's where we're most active. Uh, the podcast Twitter is at SkyTalkersPod or our personal handles are um, Charlotte's is at Clarity and mine is at Caitlin Plusher. But you can also tag us on Instagram or Facebook wherever you want. Uh, just search SkyTalkersPodcast and you'll find us. We also have our TikTok. You can find us there as well as our website I already mentioned. And uh, if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, we would love if you took a second to go and do that. It helps other people find our show. Show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us and get your hands on some exclusive Sky Talkers merchandise, you can check out our reward tiers on our Patreon. Just search Sky Talkers there and you will see all of the reward tier options and also how to get involved in our wonderful Discord community. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons Matza, Jean, Matthew, Mercedes, Maggie, Kevin, Saber Bouquet, Allison, Dan, Nathan, Amy, Christopher, Kelly, Claxton26, Brian, Chris, Colton, Christina, Rachel, and Britt. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.